discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah! Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your gracious presence that we enjoy. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness. We are grateful for all that you have done for us and all that you continue to do for us. Thank you that your word proceeds with joy, with, with tact, with great understanding. Thank you that our trust in you increases more and more as we hear your word. Thank you for establishment for us on every side. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, with great joy. Even in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, what a blessing. So today I'm sharing with you on a, on a series, I'm starting a series with you that I believe will really help us. Hallelujah. Do you love series? Not the one they serve. Not the, the, the Brinko. I'm talking about a series of messages. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm sharing with you on the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. The present day ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has a ministry that he's performing right now as I'm talking to you. And I think we have to get to know about it. If you read the Bible, you will see four basic phases or levels of the revelation that was given to Paul by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, Paul mentions how that the, the message he was preaching was not taught to him by men. You see, if you read in Galatians chapter 1, you see it. It says, it was not a man. I did not receive it from a man. Neither did a man teach me. But the Lord himself, you know, showed it to me. Let's look at, let's look at some Galatians 1 verse 11. It says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Do you see? It's not after, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a man, a man thought preaching. In other words, I didn't get the knowledge from Bible school. That's what he's trying to say. Let's read the message, maybe to help us. Any other version that will help us. Note this, I'm most emphatic here, friends. This great message I delivered to you is not mere human optimism. It didn't come from human beings. Look at the next verse. For indeed, no, for I want you to know, brethren, that the gospel which was proclaimed and made known by me is not man's gospel, a human invention, according to or patterned after human standard. Do you see? Yeah. Because some people say that, oh, these are Paul's words. These are not, Paul is trying to tell you that these are not my words. These are more than, it's not my words. You see, the Pauline revelation is referred to as the words of the ascended Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the words of the incarnate Christ. You understand when we say incarnate? Incarnate means God becoming a man. The process of God becoming a man is called incarnation. Okay? Uh -huh. So when God became a man, he said some things. And those are the things you find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. By the way, everything in the Bible is God's, is either God's words or God's opinion or God, what God thinks about some, many things. Yeah. Never say that uh, God, but the Bible is not God's word. It's God's word. It is God's word and God's record concerning what Satan has said. Okay, first of all, concerning what he has said. In times past, and is still saying. And what Satan has said, 
in times past and is still saying, and what human beings have said in times past and is still saying. So don't say, these are, these are the records of God concerning, because if you check the Bible, you notice, if you look at the Old Testament, you notice some things that was written concerning Abraham. That was not written in the New Testament, and the New Testament gives you light concerning what was not said. I don't know if you've seen it. So it's God's intentional record. You think they recorded every day of Abraham's life. We should have kept Abraham's uh, diary. Do you get it? If, if God was interested in Abraham's words, then we should have kept Abraham's diary and what he said all the days. This is a record of what God thinks about Abraham and what he saw to be fit to be written. Because it was inspired by God. It's all scripture. It's God breathed. It's God inspired. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm saying. So there are people all over the place saying all kinds of things that, oh, it's not the Bible. You are being brainwashed, brainwashed with the Bible. Yes. Were you there when it was being written? You two, were you there when we were writing the ghast? 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 Even ghast? Acula? Were you there when we were writing Acula? But you are learning the Acula and becoming something with Acula. What are you talking about? See, it doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah, you believe Acula easily, cry. Receive grace to believe the word of God without any problems in Jesus' name. Yes, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Do you see? And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Apart from that, Peter, the apostle Peter, considered Paul's writing scripture. Yes, he mentioned it in, uh, I think, 2 Peter chapter, chapter 3. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Have you seen it? Says our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom that I'm given to him, has written certain things concerning the fact that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Look at the next verse. Like God, it's like God is not minding some people. A lot of people are fooling around. God is not minding them. The secret is that God is long suffering. He doesn't want any man to perish. He doesn't like it when someone dies and goes to hell. So he will not do some things just so that everybody can come to his light. That is what I'm talking about. Then he says, as also in all his epistles, Paul has written concerning the long suffering of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he has also written certain things in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. So Peter agreed that Paul's, what Paul had written, what Paul God had written and said through Paul was very difficult to understand. Yeah. Yes. Though you are not the only one. Even Apostle Peter thought that, Charlie, the guy is very detailed. The thing he's writing. Yes. In which uh, are some things hard to be understood. Which they that are unlearned. This is the problem. It's they that are unlearned and unstable. So it is only unlearned and unstable people. There are some who are learned, but they are unstable. Eh? Which they that are unlearned and unstable rests, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So Peter thought that Paul's writings were scripture. You see, he says, eh? Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. You see, do you don't understand the rest? I said, he's wrestling, or he's, uh, maybe he's resting. He's talking about struggling with it. Do you see? Let, let's read other versions so that we see the meaning of that particular. Let's read Amplified and then we'll go to DB, okay? Speaking of this, as he does in all his letters, there are some things in those epistles of Paul that are difficult to understand, which the ignorant and un unstable twists and misconstrued to their own utter distraction. Just as they do distort, just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scriptures. Have you seen it? Yeah. They, they twist things and, and create problems for many people. Saying all kinds of things. Like they can tell you that the Bible is nothing. Put it aside. Read this other book. Ah, that book too was not written by somebody. God is saying that this one that I've given to you, it is me who breathed through people and brought it to you. What are you saying? You are leaving the Bible to go and read the book of Barnabas. Yay! Or the gospel of Judas. Yay! Oh, Charlie. Stop that. Tell me about stop that rough there. Yes. Don't do that. God doesn't like that. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. BB, eh? Let's read BB. So Paul is saying that, listen, the things I've written to you, they are not mine, no. It is from the Lord. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord brought, he breathed through me to give you the scriptures. Hmm? And as he said in all his letters, which had to do with these things, in which are some hard sayings, so that like the rest of the holy writings, they are twisted by those who are uncertain and without knowledge to the destruction of their souls. They are twisted, you see? Twisted. Hallelujah. Yes. It was not man who gave it. Go back to Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. For I want you to know, brethren, that the gospel which was proclaimed and made known by me is not man's gospel, a human invention according to our pattern, pattern, according to our pattern after any human standard. Next verse. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For indeed, I did, I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it. In other words, I'm not smart enough to write the things I'm writing. For I, indeed, I, indeed, I did not receive it from, for, from man, nor was I taught it, but it came to me through a direct revelation given by Jesus Christ the Messiah. A direct revelation. Jesus appeared to him and taught him. He was not there when the communion was being shared. But he, he, God gave him, Jesus gave him a revelation concerning the communion. Yeah, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul mentions, he says, I have, I have given to you what was given to me. Is it 1 Corinthians 11? Put it up, 1 Corinthians 11, I think, verse um, 20, what? 3. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. Look at it, it says, For I have received of the Lord Jesus that which also I delivered unto you. What I received this thing of the Lord Jesus. Jesus appeared to me and showed me these things. I, re I have received of the Lord Jesus eh, that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. So Paul, God gave him, Jesus gave him revelation concerning the communion. Yes, without being, he was not there when he was doing it physically. But Jesus appeared and showed him. So the things he has written is Paul. So don't say that, oh, these are Paul's opinions. Hey, the ones that are his opinions, he shows you that it is my opinion. But if you read Isaiah chapter 44, verse 26, you will know that. Uh, 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 44, 44 to 26, you will know that God even confirms the counsel of his messengers. It's like some of the things that he, he, he and he specifically says, this one is not the Lord. This one is me. He shows you that this one is not from the Lord. This one is me. If you like, take it. If you don't like, take it. Don't take it. Then he says that consider that I'm also spiritual. So if I'm saying something, then you should see that there's some spirituality behind what I'm saying. Hey! Hmm. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. Look at First Corinthians 15 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. Verse 2. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Then it says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which also which I also received. Says, I delivered unto you that which I also received. How did Paul receive it? Paul says, I received it from Jesus himself. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Then he goes on and on and on and on and on about various things. So the revelation that God gave to him is for the body of Christ, for all of us. Okay? And there are four phases of four levels of, of, of the revelation of Jesus Christ that was given to Paul, which is actually Jesus' words, the ascended Christ's words. When Jesus ascended and sat on the right hand of God, he gave, he started talking, started saying some things, and those are the things that are captured in the New Testament. Please, you understand? Mm-hmm. So number one, the first level is what God through Christ did for us in his great substitution. What God through Christ did for us in his great substitution. So you need to understand what God through Christ has done for us in his great substitution as a child of God. This is, these are some of the things that help you live the life that God wants you to live. Do you see? You, your father can be the richest man in the world. If you don't know, you don't enjoy the riches. Yes. So knowledge makes a lot of a difference. Okay? It's called the key of knowledge. It's important. You need to know hmm, what God through Christ did for us in his great substitution or his great redemptive work. That's the first level. When you actually read Paul, the, 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 the epistles, you start seeing these things in there. Uh, what God through Christ, what God through Christ did for us in his great substitution. 
And we've preached about this so many times, isn't it? If you've been around for some time, you, you'll see that we've preached about this a lot. But that's just the first level. It's one of the levels that is revealed to us through the scriptures. Okay, this is where you get to know that God has made you not a sinner anymore. There are a lot of Christians who think that they are sinners. Only Romans chapter 3 verse 23 is in your minds. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when they wake up in the morning, Father, you know that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I'm coming to you as a sinner. You keep talking to yourself as a sinner or thinking of yourself as a sinner. You see, so it, be, it becomes a problem. You never enjoy the goodness of God. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why you can't stop doing some things. You're always fooling around because in your mind, you are a sinner. But Jesus says that you are something as a revelation of God that did not end with this one. This was an interjection. Do you understand interjection? Like, we are talking about something, and then we say, okay, so let's say I'm, I'm saying something. This is what I'm going to say. So Kofi came to church yesterday, and when he came, he climbed up the stage. By the way, Kofi is a boy. And he, when he climbed up the stage, he took all the screens that were on the stage and broke all of them. Now, what is the focus of their conversation? Kofi climbing up the stage and destroying the screens, isn't it? By the way, Kofi is a boy. It's what? It's just, and just to let you understand that Kofi, Kofi is actually a boy. It's not... So this is, that's how this verse also looks like. Because if you want to understand this verse, you need to read from Romans 3.20. Look at Romans 3.20. So that you understand. Hey, hey, it's one of the, a lot of Christians. And so you, in your mind, you are, I'm a sinner. I'm a, meanwhile, God says that you are his righteousness. Can you imagine? And then you are struggling. If you start thinking that you are, you are his righteousness, you start producing righteousness. If you start thinking that you are his holiness, you are holy, you start producing holiness. In the New Testament, God makes you so that you can live the way he wants you to live. Not you living in a certain way so that you can become. It's not live and become or do and become. It is you are, so do. So you need to understand what you have been made so that you can do what you are. If you don't know what you are, if you don't know you are a boy, you will start behaving like a girl. That's those problems, that's where it comes from. You don't know that you are a boy. It's like that eagle that was hatched by a hen. Okay, they found the egg somewhere and then they, they brought it to the hen. The hen sat on it and then it's hatched. The, 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 the eagle was moving around like the chicks of the whatever. They were just moving, behaving like a chick, eating poultry feed. They have to do poultry and bring it to poultry feed and bring it to, 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 to it to eat. You know, and one of those days, as he was eating the poultry food with the, with the chicks, he noticed something flying up that looked like it. Because when it looked like these ones, when you look at these ones, they don't look, it doesn't look like them. As they are growing, he's becoming, his beak is becoming longer. He has black, black feathers, something. He just has a white collar, something. Ah, what is going on? These ones, they can't do much. He's like, he has some confidence in him. The chickens and whatever, they are afraid. Every now and then they'll come and catch some and go and use for soup. <laughs> you know, and he was wondering what's going on. But one day he saw someone like him flying in the skies. He goes, ah, this one looks like me. Oh, he didn't know he could fly. The next day he saw it again flying around. He said, hey, can I be up there? Because these ones, they don't, they don't fly. They, they just do this. Then they come back. Then they are just, they are terrestrial. They are just bound to the earth. One of those is he decided to try to fly. Then he mounted up with wings. And then started flying. You see, if he had not seen someone doing it, he couldn't have. When he saw, he realized that I am like this one. That's how, that's how the word of God is. You need to see what you have become. If you don't see what you have become, you never live. The, the right living is a product of right believing. If you don't believe right, you will not live right. But it's called Christianity. Christianity is believing what God has made you so that you can live the way he has made you. Look at this. Therefore, by the deeds or by the doings of the law, God is saying that by doing the law, there shall no flesh be justified or declared righteous in his sight. Why? Why is it that you can't become righteous by or you can't become right before God. Have you ever felt bad before God before? Yeah. Like you feel like, hmm, you are not clean at all. I am not clean. 
Have you felt like that before? Yeah. You feel like you just took you from the gutter. When they say holy, holy brethren, holy. Like, no. When they, you come to church and they are leading worship, say, shall we lift up holy hands and thank the Lord for this week? You remember what happened during the week? Especially last night. We were like, no, maybe the man he has forgotten what we are. We are not holy, please. But God says, this is how God thinks about you. What will you believe? Will you believe your experience or you believe the word of God? The more you believe the word of God, the more the word of God becomes your experience. That's what happens. The more you believe the word of God, the more it becomes your experience. That's how it is. Okay? It says, by the doing of the law, no flesh shall be justified or declared not guilty before God. Why? For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law gives you knowledge of sin. Like when the law says to you, thou shalt not steal. What has it told you? There's something called stealing. And as human as human beings are, when you tell a child, don't touch the TV, the child will do, how do you say that in English? He will do, Incro. He would he would play around the TV. You see, he's around the TV. Yeah. I remember those times. They would say we shouldn't watch TV. Yeah. You know, this prophet Tedem's house. Eh? Most of the time I was in his house. So we're just children. Nine, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. And they'll say we shouldn't watch TV. And they'll lock the hall. And we'll be out there. There were two halls. We'll be there. We'll be in the family area, the outer hall, where there's no TV. It's just a sitting area. As we are there, we are seeing the TV. But you can't touch the TV, you can't put it on. We investigated and found out how we could get access to the TV, and we found a way. You see, through the kitchen, from the kitchen to the hall, to the dining area, there was a, a service, what's it called? Service window. That his younger brother could pass through. Do you understand? So he, he climbs the kitchen. Uh, 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 one of the cabinets on the, in the kitchen, and then he'll go to the service window, go to the original hall, put the TV on, and open the windows for us who are sitting inside the, <laughs> the, the other hall to watch. So we are watching through the window whilst he's in the hall. Yeah. When we hear pee when you hear that they have arrived, that their car has come, pee or sometimes they don't even, just as we are there, your ears are, one is here, one is outside. <laughs> has it happened to you before? It has not happened to you before. Uh-huh. Let's. Hmm. Yeah. He, he, as soon as they are coming, you just put the TV off, climb back out, we close all the windows, and we are in the hall. In the other house, though, nothing has happened. Yes. One of those is the one the father, he realized that, oh, these people, I can't trust these guys. So he went and went to put his hand behind the TV. He realized the TV was very hot. It's not a TV you just, we will put off six hours ago. It's very hot. He said, you people, you think you, are, you have shared. I, me too. I was a child like you. Come here. Come and receive three, three each. Wow. That is how the knowledge of sin. When they tell you, don't do this. They say, don't go, don't go to the boy. You say, I'm coming back from the boy. I'm coming back from his room. Give the Lord a shout if you like my message. Yeah. So the law, it doesn't help. You see, God says that the, the purpose of the law was to reveal sin and to make everybody know that you are a sinner so that you know that you need, you need, you need help. That's the purpose of the law. You see, First Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse 56, 56, 15, 56. Look at it. It says, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Like the law strength, the law is given to strengthen sin. So if you're you a Christian and you're going to be living according to the, the law, like you're trying to obey the law, you, the Bible says you cannot obey it. The law is there for you as a child of God, a new creature, to fulfill. Now that you're born again, you fulfill the law. You can't keep, you can't use the law as your, your standard of living. You're, you're, you, are, you are born again child of God to fulfill the law. I don't know if, if you are seeing the difference. Is it, is it helping you? I'm not saying that, uh, oh, go and do what? Go and steal. Why? Because you are not living by the, the law. No. The, the law was given to sinners. For what purpose? To strengthen sin. 
for them to know that they need Jesus Christ. Now, when you get to know you need Jesus Christ and you get born again, now that you're born again, child of God, you are now righteous. And because you're righteous, the law is fulfilled by you. Your life fulfills the law. They say, they say do not steal. You are not stealing. Why? Because I said, a law inside you called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That controls you to prevent you from stealing, hence fulfilling the law. I don't know if I'm making sense. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. Okay? For there's therefore now no condemnation, verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For, next verse. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When you get born again, a new law is introduced in you. It's called the, spirit of, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which causes you to obey God's words. Do you see? For the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It frees you from the law of sin and death. And that's what, look at the next verse. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, what couldn't the law do? The law could not help anybody become righteous. By keeping it, nobody could become righteous. Nobody, you can't, yeah, every, it was 810 laws. Not only, not only the 10, 810. So let you, as you are keeping this one, this one is D-Union. This one is going against, you know, D is going against you. You are keeping, thou shall not steal. But you can't keep, thou shall not covet someone's wife or covet someone's property or covet some, when you see someone's nice guy, like, hey, I'm going to have it. Mm. He said, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Mm? It was weak through the flesh. When the law makes contact with the flesh, the flesh can't, it can't do anything. The flesh just, Paul said, in me dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh dwells no good thing. There's, there was a law in the flesh that works against, works in tandem with the law. It partners with the law to go against you. So you are trying to keep the law, but the, the flesh says, you can't do. It's called, oh, wretched man that I am. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. For what purpose? He condemned, he took care of sin in the flesh. So that, look at the next verse. He did that. He got you born again and condemned sin in the flesh. So that the righteousness of the law, the righteousness of the law, hmm? The, right, the righteousness that comes by the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So you are here to fulfill the right. Any people are struggling to keep the law. You, you, you just do it without any problem. Why? You are a child of God. The righteousness of God is inside you. You are, not, you are not trying to keep the law to be righteous. You keep the law because you are righteous. So that's how it is. So Paul was saying in Romans chapter 3 verse 20 that by doing the law there shall no flesh be justified inside. Why? Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. So because of that, look at the, look at the next verse. Because the law is the knowledge of sin, now, but now, you, can, you see, you can't go through that route. You see, but now, there's a righteousness that is made available. It's called the righteousness of God, which has nothing to do with the law. Okay? You see, but now the righteousness of God, without the law, is manifested. There's a righteousness, a new righteousness called the righteousness of God. There's a righteousness of the law, and there's a righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is revealed, is manifested, and it is independent of the law. It has nothing to do with the law. Okay? Even though it was spoken of by the law and the prophets. That's what it means, being witnessed of by the law and the prophet. The law spoke about, when we say the law, we are talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Jewish, all those, and the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they spoke concerning this particular righteousness of God, which was going to come. And he says, that righteousness he spoke about has now come. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. It has been shown forth. Being witnessed or being spoken of by the law and the prophets. What righteousness is that? He says, even the righteousness of God. How does it, how does it come? Next verse. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. This righteousness of God comes to you by something called faith. Not by doing some things, trying to keep some things. But it comes by faith. What is faith? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. By faith of what? Jesus Christ. By believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. This righteousness of God comes to you. That's all you need to do. Believe in Jesus. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, this righteousness is imparted to you. Free of charge. By Jesus' sacrifice, this righteousness is given to you free of charge. The opposite of sin is not holiness. The opposite of sin is righteousness. 
So if the righteousness of God in Christ has been given to you by faith, it says even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. Have you believed? Yeah. Have you believed? Yeah. If you have believed, then you are now, you now have the righteousness, of, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he has made him, he made Jesus to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? He made Jesus to be sin, the very epitome of sin, the very definition of sin. Who knew no sin? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him, it's called the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. Jesus became sin. And bore the punishment of sin. So that you, who were sin, who were sin before, will no more bear the punishment of sin. So that there will be a substitute. He took your place. Okay? And took the punishment so that you can take his place of righteousness. That is the gospel. It's called too good to be true. If it's too good to be true for you, that is what it is meant for. It is called, the gospel means in English, gospel in English means too good to be true news. If you feel it's too good, then that's what, that's what it is. That's what Jesus came for. He came to die so that you will not die. He came and went to hell so that you will not go to hell. How will you not go to hell? Just believe what he did. Just believe that he died for you. That's all. Is that too difficult to do? It's very, it's very sad when we see people criticizing and going to hell. It's not supposed to be like that. You see. Go back to Romans 3, 21. I think we're in 22 now. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. Why? He says, for there is no difference. No difference between who? No difference between, you're talking about Greeks or Gentiles and Jews. The whole world was divided into two. Jews and then Gentiles. He says, there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. They are all sinless. They've all been concluded under sin. It's all up. If you read up, you see it. They've all been concluded under sin so that they can all see their need for Jesus, for a savior. And that savior is Jesus Christ. When you believe in that savior, Jesus Christ, you receive the righteousness, which is of God. The righteousness of God by faith. I say it. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Why? Why is there no difference between the Jew and the Gentile? Next verse. Because, you see, when we say for, do you start a sentence with for? He's telling you that because for is because. Let me be your New King James Version will tell us. Why is there no difference? Because all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. There's no difference between the, the two of them, the two groups, because. Eh? Do you have any version that says something else? Amplified. Look, amplified. You see? Since all. So it's not. Go back to 22 in the Amplified. It says, namely the righteousness of God, which comes by believing with personal trust and confidence, reliance on Jesus Christ and Messiah, and it is meant for all who believe. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles. Since all of them, all, since all have sinned and are fallen short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. Therefore, this righteousness is for everybody. Even the next verse says it. Therefore, look at the next verse. All are justified since they are all falling off. All of them are made righteous or justified and made upright. And in right standing with God. Freely and gratuitously by his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy. Through the redemption which is provided in Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? Yes. So if you don't understand scripture, you make a lot of mistakes. And you always see yourself, I'm just saying this to let you know. You, you think that, oh, I'm a very bad person. I'm born again, but I'm a very bad. That is why you keep doing bad things. If you, if you, you become a womanizer. Because you think you're a womanizer. It's in my family. My father was a womanizer. My grandfather was a womanizer. All my uncles are womanizers. Therefore, womanizer, am I. I've inherited it. But if you read the Bible, you will see. In John chapter 1, verse 11, it says that Jesus came unto his own, but his own received him not. What, how far has the womanizing, what has it done for your father and your uncles and your grandfather? What has it done for them? What has it done for them? Many problems, isn't it? Many bitter mothers. Extra problems. Children that they can't look after. Or children they are looking after, but they can't relate with. 
That's not what God wants. You should have your son or your daughter should be be around you so that the person can grow well. The church is burdened with a lot of responsibilities now because of absentee fathers and mothers who are angry. Yes, if only they had kept to the word of God and done what the word of God says, we will not have a lot of problems in our, our lives. Yes. Many emotional problems. That's why the, 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 the gentleman who says, I love you, whether he is qualified or not qualified for you, you say, I like you too. And it's like you have to provide sex because you like the person. Yes, because you, there's a certain sense of challenge with your value. Your value system, there's a problem with your value system because you didn't have a father who told you he loved you. You get You couldn't find him. He was not around to even say, you know I love you. You know you are the prettiest girl in the whole world. And you have value. Don't mind any man around. At the right time, you will have your husband that you will be with. You didn't have some. That is why I'm telling you in church. That's why I have to say a lot of things. If your father was there, all these things wouldn't have happened. Yes. If you're a gentleman and your mother was around, your mother would have taught you and showed you that many women do not do anything. My son, do not give your strength to women. It's in the Bible. Don't give your strength. You are giving your strength. All the wisdom you use for business and do all kinds of things, you are giving it to ladies. You have given your, your car to this lady. You have given your house to this lady. You have given your... Everything is going. Your probable car, your probable house, everything is going just like that. You are giving your honor to somebody. You are giving your destiny away. Mercy, see mercy, 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 mercy. So, what you think, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you are thinking makes a world of a difference. The Bible says that we are holy brethren. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. I have value. Jesus is in me. I'm expensive. You know expensive something. Gold, rubies. You're expensive. Yes, I'm expensive. I'm of value. You can't just come and treat me anyhow. I'm of value. When you know your value, oh. Yes. When you know, you see, gold wouldn't have been anything if men had not placed value on it. So if you also place value on yourself, Everybody will know that you have value. Why if you don't place any value on yourself? Nobody, I mean, this one will come, Kofi will come, Kwame will come, Adra will come, I mean, Jennifer will come, this one, everybody's going and coming. Everybody's like free of charge. Oh. <laughs> Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly, he calls us holy brethren, he calls us holy. Hey, if you don't feel holy, God says you are holy. The more you believe in what God has said, the more it becomes your daily experience. Yes. So it's a life of believing what God has said concerning us. You must first of all get to know what God has said concerning us so that you can believe. And when you believe, it starts showing forth in your life. For instance, you say, oh, I'm from a poor home. I was going to show you John 1, 11, isn't it? He came unto his own but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, to become the sons and daughters of God. You are now a son and a daughter of God. Then he says, children who were not born, children which were not born, which were born not of blood, meaning that what affects your, you are not, your life is not dependent on blood anymore. What affects your family line? It does not affect you. Listen, there's such a thing as generational curses. It exists. The way of escaping generational curses is by being born again. When you get born again, you have changed family from that family to the family of God. Jesus took, it's called sour grapes. The fathers do something and the children pay for it. The fathers do something wrong and their children pay for it. It's called generational curses. It is there. But Jesus took the sour grapes. He, he took the sour grapes. The, the children's seat are set on edge because of the fathers. It is there. It exists. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 29. It says, in those days, they shall say no more. In the, in the days in which we are, they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape. And the children's seat are set on edge. This is it's talking about generational cases. Your fathers eat. You didn't eat the sour grape. You were not there when they were killing that person to make money for their, their house. They killed seven people for prosperity in their house. For, because the idol they were worshipping, that's what they said they should do. They should do. You went, were you there? 
You are not a baby because the blood, blood always speaks. So, blood does what? Blood speaks. Human beings' blood have their voice. Yes, the Bible says Abel's blood is talking up to date. It's talking, it's speaking vengeance against King. Jesus' blood is also talking, speaking now. He's speaking mercy, grace, forgiveness, goodness, prosperity, and love for you. Yes, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood is talking, but Jesus' blood is higher than Abel's blood. Abel's blood is speaking vengeance and destruction, but Jesus' blood is speaking mercy, goodness. Ah, you don't like mercy and goodness? Yes. So the, the, the people they killed, their blood is speaking against the family. That is why you can have a, you can be in a family when you turn 40, you get a special sickness. Special sickness. Customized sickness. Now, if you're a child of God and you don't know your rights, that sickness will show up in your body. Because it's a Christian who knows his rights that ends up escaping the challenges of this world. This world is like a jungle full of lions, foxes, bears, snakes, everything that are trying to kill you. And there's no light. That's how the world is. Jesus Christ is the light. And Jesus Christ is the protection you have in this jungle of life. If you remove him, if the light is dim, or the protection is low because of your lack of knowledge, he says, for the lack of knowledge, my people are cut off from my blessings. What cuts you off is because you don't know what God has done for you. So that you can believe and insist on it happening in your life. So Yenusha says they exist. But Jesus has taken his eating the sour grapes. When he was hanging on the cross, he took vinegar. They gave him vinegar and he took it. Why? He was fulfilling the scripture. Sour grapes is, is vinegar. Eh? It's vinegar. That's what it's vinegar that is. It has fermented to the nonsense degree. Grapes that are fermented to the, to the nonsense degree. He took it so that he can. And when you read the Matthew, he says, so that to fulfill scripture. Uh, and so one of them ran and took Matthew 27 48. And so one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on, on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let, let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Next verse. Jesus, when he had cried with a loud voice, there's another place where he talks about the fact that when he took it, John 19, 28. Let's read from verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that is for the scripture to be fulfilled, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. He intentionally said it. He says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things, everything was accomplished though. Then he says, so that the scripture, for the scripture to, to be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. And what did they give him for his test? They gave him, now there was set a vessel, of, a vessel full of vinegar and they filled, it with, uh, filled a sponge with, it, with the vinegar and put it up on high soap and put it into his mouth. Look at Ezra. They gave him the, the sour grapes to taste. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. So Jesus made sure he took that. He knew that we'll be preaching about generational curses and say that you need to pray a certain type of prayer for it to go. So he decided to take the sour grape for you. So that his teeth will be set on edge for you and take away all generational curses so that you don't walk in generational curses. See, I'm free because of Jesus' sacrifice. Yes. Jesus made sure of everything. One of the things Jesus made sure of was to take the curse that is in this earth. When, when God cursed the ground for Adam, God said, curse is the ground for, for your sake. He didn't curse Adam. He cursed the ground for his sake. So there's a curse on this ground, on this earth. There is. Whether you like it or not, it is there. For Jesus knew about it and decided to do something about it. When God cursed the ground, thorns and tissues, he said, thorns and tissues shall, shall it bring forth. When God made the, the heavens and the earth, the earth was made such that it bears natural fruits on its own. If you leave a ground up, uh, bare like that, by the time you come back after some six months, it would have borne mango fruits, oranges, apples, different fruit would have, been, would have come because there were seeds in the ground. So long as water is coming, the, the seeds will grow. When Adam said, God said, the earth is cursed. It will not bring you nice fruits and vegetables anymore. Now it's going to bring you uh, uh, thorns and thistles or briars. Uh, go to verse 17. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. Jesus has done all this. It's called a substitutionary work. 
and it's, it's worth studying. You need to look at it very well. It says, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake. He didn't curse him. He cursed the ground for his sake. Have you seen it? In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of your life. The problem with the, the curse of this earth is that you will have challenges to eat. Eating is good. This is economic problems. God is the one who put it in the earth. As long as you are here, economic problems, pressure, it will not be easy to prosper. That's why prosperity is an illusion for many. It's a problem. It's a great challenge. But when Jesus came, he says, look at this. The stones and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the, the field. The earth will bring you thorns and thistles. When Jesus came, they made a crown of thorns. Do you remember? Yeah. One of the so he didn't know he was fulfilling scripture. One of the soldiers made a crown of thorns. It pierced him himself. He came and then put it on his head and pushed it into his head. And he started bleeding. The bleeding he bled was to save us from the curse of the ground. In other words, he carried the curse of the ground for all of his children. So that his children do not go through economic problems when the world is going through economic problems. He saved us from economic pressure. That's what Jesus did. Clap for Jesus if you like Jesus. No one like Jesus. This one, your father cannot do it for you. Your boyfriend cannot do it for you. Your husband can certainly not give it, do it for you. Only Jesus. Yeah. The government can certainly not do this for you. They can't. That's why our prosperity is not dependent on the government. Our prosperity is dependent on someone. His name is Jesus Christ. Believe that he took the case for you. Believe that he has taken the sad grapes for you. Yes, what affects your family will not affect you. If they die at a particular time, it will not affect you. If they, can't, if they don't marry or they marry and they divorce, you know, there are families like that. You check, you can check a family and you see that all the men in the family can marry successfully. All the women in the family do not marry successfully. They all have children, they don't have husbands. Have you seen some before? Yes. Or all the men die by 54, they are dead. Nobody crosses 60. You see one person who has grown and nobody else can grow like the person. Yes, he's chewing everybody's age. <laughs> he's taking five years from everybody. Hey! It's real, though. These things are real. Don't think that they are not there. They are there. Knowing that they are there will help you escape properly. But you don't behave like that. When you are praying, you know what you are praying about. You wouldn't just pray like this. Amanama, amanama, amanama. When you are praying, you pray well because you know what will happen if you don't engage yourself in a lot more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They clothed him with purple and plated a kind of thorns and put it about his head. Jesus carried the curse for us so that we will not be cursed. It's called his substitutionary work. And it's worth studying, isn't it? But there's another way. There are four of them, so many of them. There's, there's that number two is the, 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 uh, what the Holy Spirit through the word does in us in the new birth and in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I, I was telling you about the four faces uh, of um, the revelation of the Pauline revelation that God gave. The first level was what? What God through Christ did for us in his great substitution, isn't it? And I've just spoken a little bit about it. Then what the Holy Spirit through the word does in us, in the new birth, and in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit through the word, what the Holy Spirit through the word. Hmm? It's always a God, the Godhead doing something through the Godhead. What the Holy Spirit through the word does in us, in the new birth, and in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is a great thing to study as well. Did you get it? Or should I say it again? What the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit through the word does in us, does in us, in the new birth, okay, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, in the new birth and in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So that's another great thing that happens in the New Testament. That is worth great study. This is for your life today. What the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, through the word that is shared with you, or through the word that you read, or through the word that you meditate, accomplishes in the new birth 
and also in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What happens to you when you are filled with Why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a whole revelation of God's word. You see, what the Holy Spirit through the word accomplishes in the new birth. It's so important. It's worth the study. Then number three is what I'm going to talk to you about. What Jesus is doing for us now. What Jesus is doing for us now. In his present day ministry at the right hand of God. What Jesus is doing for us now in his present day ministry at the right hand of God. What Jesus is doing for us now in his present day ministry at the right hand of God. Jesus is at the right hand of God now. And he is doing some things right now for you and me. After all the things he did for us in the grace substitutionary, in his grace substitutionary work, you will think it through to him, he was done. Jesus is a hard worker. He's a worker, he's always, he's always working. When he ascended, even after his seating, instead of resting, he's in his seat to do some things for us. And that's what I want to share with you. What Jesus is doing for us in his present day ministry at the right hand of God. Then the fourth one is four. So let me mention the fourth one. I'll come to point three and then we'll continue. The fourth one is what his word, what God's word and his love. What his word and his love do through us in ministering to others. What his word and his love do through us in ministering to others. What his word and his love do through us in ministering to others. Wow. This is also another great revelation. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.